Hello everyone and welcome back to the Underground Mess Hall. Today we've got a double chapter review for Record of Ragnarok, Chapter 60 Promises and Oaths, and Chapter 61, The Pride of the King of the Dead. I'm actually going to quickly breeze through Chapter 60 as you'll see why when we get to Chapter 61. So the chapter opens up with Gel crying because Brunhilda's recounting everything we learned about Shin and his past last chapter. But she does a little bit of expansion and says, you know, after the countless battles and due to his mere touch synesthesia, and during all this unimaginable amount of pain, that's how he awakened the ability to see the key points or the stars as he calls them, so that when he uses that air bullet technique, he can weaken an opponent's stance or attack power. And he did to fulfill his promise to Chun Yang. We cut back to the fight, a little bit of back and forth about like, you know, Hades, don't make fun of me, you call yourself the greatest king, and Shin retorting, you know, look, you're strong, you're the king of the underworld, but I promised someone that I'd become the greatest king, so I can't lose anyone. This takes Hades aback a little bit. And then we cut to Brunhilde with a little bit of thoughts, and that she's like, you know, to get the most out of his martial arts, we gave him a divine weapon that specialized in defense, Alvider. And the secret ability behind her name is Army Guardian. Now, what I think this means is that the defense spec on this divine weapon is so high, it could cover an entire army, essentially, and raise all their defense specs up really, really well and high. I think that's what that means. Because we don't get much more exposition on this in this chapter or in 61. So then we cut back to Ares and Hermes and Zeus discussing about like the air bullets hitting the key points. And Zeus is like, yeah, and he's also got that awesome defense, you know, worthy of admiration. And Ares is kind of losing his mind, and he's shaking Hermes, and he's like, dude, how do you stop this? And Hermes says, it's hard to say, you know, for example, and he raises a punch to Ares' chin, almost hitting him. He's like, the most frightening blows in a fight are the ones we can't see. Basically an imperceptible attack. That's essentially what these air bullets are. You know, it's already too late once you get hit by these, and it's kind of unavoidable. And so Ares is like, but hold on a second. Hades has had all these fights in the underworld, all that experience. Are you really saying he has no chance of winning? Zeus then comes out and says, Speed, power, combat experience. Hades is superior in every way, but this human wears out his own spirit by sacrificing himself, and he can stand up to Hades. And he then just mutters, you know, humans have no limits. So then we cut back to the fight where... Hades retorts, he's like, you know, I have an oath I need to protect too, and a promise of never losing. So he goes into attack, and Shin fires off a bunch of air bullets. However, Hades starts spinning the Biden to try and block and disrupt the air bullets. It looks like it starts to work as there's a little bit of back and forth where Hades has the edge, and then he uses a new technique, Cornucopia Horn of Plenty, a rising knee strike into Shin's face. Connects. However, Hades goes for another swipe with the Biden, but an air bullet hits him, and thus the attack power is weakened. And Hermes again comments on this. He's like, dude, even if you're in the middle of a pitched combat, you don't notice to defend yourself against all these air bullets at once. So then Shin goes in with the Chiyo halberd shape or halberd stance, the white tiger moonbow. And it's a side front axe kick that just slams into Hades left forearm and just pushes him back 
And oh my god, it wrecks his arm. Like you can see the muscles. And we see uh what looks like Hades trying to flex to make sure the muscle's still working. And so this chapter ends with, you know, Hades is like, you know what? I'm going to kill you, but first I want to say that you're actually magnificent. And then Shin's like, how? So that's basically pretty much chapter 60. A lot of cool developments and a really cool way to progress the fight. However, in chapter 61, we open up to Beelzebub's lab and we see a bunch of experiments in vials and tubes and we see Hajun and he's kind of smiling, you know, his little larval form. And there's the TV in the background and Beelzebub's not really paying attention. He's focusing on this ghoul-like thing that he's trying to create. It wakes up, breaks out of the containment pod, and goes to attack uh, Beelzebub. However, his arm just falls off. And Beelzebub doesn't move at all. And he just notes that he's like, how fragile, another failure, huh? So the ghoul tries to run away, but he gets stopped at the door by this weird cyborg-looking dude. He's like, don't even try. Don't you know that there are many dangerous people out there? And just destroys the ghoul. And... He starts talking to Beelzebub. He's like, dude, you made these nasty creatures again. What are you up to? And so Beelzebub kind of deflects or doesn't really answer the question. He's like, so it kind of seems that there's no problems with your body, Adamas. And this is really cool because Beelzebub's so techy that he was able to bring Adamas back. And the helmet portion, kind of like Bumblebee from uh, the Transformers movies, just pulls back and we see Adamas's face. He's got this cool, rad new body. And Adamus just kind of like quickly answers that he's like, as usual, no problems. And Beelzebub's like, all right, you know, if something happened to that body, I'd be angry with Hades. Adamus then goes into him. He's like, dude, you even created the demon king of the sixth heaven, Hajun. You created a legendary monster. What are you trying to do? Beelzebub's just kind of like, nothing. I just want to breathe them until one of them manages to kill me. This shocks Adamus. He's like, what a weird look, you know. He's like, you're always a creepy guy. You don't have any friends. And Beelzebub's just kind of snarking. He's like, neither do you. And so Adamus turns to watch the fight. And he's like, you're not going to watch the fight? And Beelzebub goes, no, there's no reason. Hades is about to lose. It's not really that hard to predict. And Adamus is like, come on, dude. You know, it's the king of the underworld, Hades. He wouldn't lose under any circumstances. He's the eldest brother. So then we cut back to the fight. And there's people in the stands, the human side, and we see this little boy that looks like Chuno, very strikingly so. And he's like, come on, Emperor Sama, let's go. Incredible, very strong. And then we see a familiar figure, Chunyan, pat his head and say, of course, after all, he is our king. Then, back in the arena, Hades is like, you know what, Shin, allow me to acknowledge you once again. You are worthy of being a king. Therefore, as king of the underworld, I must respond accordingly. So he takes his Biden and he takes the um the fin blades, stabs it into his chest, and then he slices across the chest, ripping what remains of his shirt is left on there. And Shin feels some of this pain as well due to his mere touch synesthesia. And Ares is flipping out. He's like, has he gone mad? What is he doing? And Zeus is like, no, 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 you're mistaken. I'd forgotten. There's no other god who's as confident as Hades is. He's willing to sacrifice anything to win. This is the king of the dead, Hades. We then cut to Sasaki and the gang, Kojiro Sasaki. And he's like, huh, is he singing? This song's familiar. Then we cut back and we see the visage of Poseidon behind Hades. 
And Sasaki also says over this, it's the same as Poseidon's. And so Hades takes some of his blood that's spurting out and looks like he mooses his hair back with it. And that's the end of chapter 61. And with that, you now see why I wanted to breeze through chapter 60. We got some cool information like, okay, we got a little bit complete roundabout way of how Shen unlocked all his abilities. We haven't seen them all, but we know how he attained them all. But 61, Adamus is back. I really thought Poseidon killed him because he kind of leaves no stones unturned. That's the impression you get with Poseidon. Apparently not because Beelzebub was able to bring Adamus back. Which also raises the question, could he bring other gods back and could he bring humans back? Not necessarily sure, but it wouldn't surprise me. Beelzebub seems to be the most scientifically advanced, but he's so powerful that he doesn't even need to raise a finger as shown by that ghoul. And I also got to wonder how Aphrodite plays in this because like I said, I have this weird feeling that Aphrodite somehow linked to Beelzebub because if you remember when Hajun first came out like out of that dragon egg everybody was shocked Brunhilde, Gel, the Valkyries Buddha Zeus, Ares, Hermes Odin, Hugin and Munin and Loki Kojiro Sasaki and the gang they were all just stunned except Aphrodite she was just kind of apathetic and was like oh how disgusting or how rude which was a really weird response in my opinion. But I'm kind of digressing. I think we're in the final stages of this fight. This is definitely not another Buddha versus Hajin where it's just going to be an epic arc where it's just going to be one balls-to-the-wall fight with all this backstory about how one person researched this larva thing to put into another god to release a legendary demon and a human who became a god is now fighting for the humans. That type of epicness isn't going to happen for a while. And I think they did a great way of doing this by having basically Hades cut open his own heart to signify we're in the end stage of this fight. But before we go, last thing I really want to talk about, how does Beelzebub know how these fights are going to go? That also makes me wonder, when will he fight? Because if he fights towards the end, that would be kind of weird. I'm hoping if it's not the next round, it's the following round that he fights in because I don't want him to be a spoilery type of character, but I would like to know how he's able to predict this. Like I said, he's the most sciencey of them, which means he probably has some way of understanding all this, but we'll have to wait and see. And I'm also going to say I really want it to be the next round because I want to know a little bit more about Beelzebub and his motivations and potentially where Aphrodite is, because she's been missing this whole fight. Haven't seen her at all. I'll have to go back and check, but I haven't seen her. With that said, though, this has been a Bandolier Corps production. Finn McHale, signing out.